Live, laugh, love, kid. <laughs> Live, laugh, poop. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck off. Eat my dick. My poopy dick. Um, Fuck off. Eat my poopy dick would be a great go. target. Like one of those that's fake going on boards distressed. that's been distressed. <laughs> yeah, distressed boards. <laughs> eat my fuck. Yeah, fuck that's off, that. Eat my poopy dick. <laughs> eat my poopy dick. And then you walk into it. it actually, that's like a pottery barn thing. You know, yeah. it's like a pottery barn. Yeah. They're like a you know a little more adult, and I like that. I think right. that's appropriate. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is a production of LiterateApe.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. Hey, Don, why did the chicken cross the road? David, why did the chicken cross the road? Because you weren't wearing your fucking mask. That's the joke you wrote? Yeah. I'll, I'll wait for you to laugh. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait longer. Okay. <laughs> so that's your joke. That was your big joke you wrote. I wouldn't call it a big joke. I'd call it a uh, a good joke, a solid joke. So I'm not sure if that's a solid joke. Well, it's a it's a joke. It is. Well, there's it fits the structure of a joke. It has the, all the pinings of a joke. It yep. looks and sounds like a joke. Smells like a joke. Um, it made my wife laugh, which means that it must be a solid joke. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> you know, you know uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, what's, what's his name? The one that, that beat up Conan for the job. No. Um, J- Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy Fallon would love that joke. Yeah, well, he couldn't say it on the air because it's dirty. True. Maybe There's language. I don't know. There's a language portion to it that... Uh, that's my barom- that's go. my barometer for jokes is if Jimmy Fallon would like it it's a good joke because Jimmy Fallon is the funniest man no the no. funniest american no to ever grace american shores no oh he's Why? so funny you hurt me you hurt me with your no, with your, with your way- bad satirical language <laughs> so you cut on mocking that. that's your the mocking real joke. language it was There's all to real- get to yeah how unfunny jimmy fallon is anyway yeah Anyway, anyway, so what's, uh, so, all right, so all hell is fucking breaking loose, and, and you know, every week. <laughs> breaking every or week, broken, has broken. Well, I mean, it just, but we have more that breaks, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I the <sighs> thing about it is the whole Breonna Taylor verdict, which is just, it, well, it's not even a verdict, it's a grand jury, uh, which is a totally different thing, Yeah. and I don't think, and I actually don't think uh, a lot of people that are in their full-on outrage even understand the difference between a grand jury <laughs> and a regular trial, but right. the thing that the thing is that and, and you know you gotta admit all right kentucky dudes uh that's pretty this much is, the, this is mitch mcconnell state what did the you only, expect to happen the only charge that they give any one of these cops is <laughs> that he shot a wall that's i mean that's it, it, well it was that he shot fucking, a wall and in his shooting at the wall he endangered he, was he endangered other people other people yeah i mean you know not the people that he 
put in danger like that he actually Brianna Ta- not, Brianna not the woman or, that or, yeah. that actually got six bullets in her. Well, here's and the, and the thing about it is, and the, there there are a number of things that I think of as a number one. That's fucking. I mean, that's fucking outrageous. That's yeah. a, that's just so. It's so. It's. It, I mean, it's it's almost Kubrickian. It's so ridiculously over the top bad. But the second thing that that uh, that popped to me is like. Are these cops like? Are they stormtroopers? Because Jesus Christ, they what they thought they shot thirty six shots and only six of them hit anybody, and they hit the wrong person. They're either stormtroopers or they they're working for Cobra. I'm just I'm because I'm just like I, I'm I'm again, and I've got a you know one of my one of my good friends at work is a security officer. He's our one of our security supervisors, and I love this guy, and uh, and he and I get along very well. And he used to be a cop, and I asked him uh, specifically talking about how many the, blacks uh, have you killed? No, actually, oh. I didn't ask that question. Um, what I asked? How many and, dogs? Um, Sorry. What I asked? Well, and the thing about it is, he's never shot his service when he was on the force. He never shot his service revolver once. Oh, and, so he's and, one of those wimpy cops that they don't respect. Well, no, that's right, not I'll who stop. this guy I'll is. Stop. But Go on with your story. no, Sorry. but uh, but the thing, no, the thing about it is, is this was when uh, the the guy was shot seven times, like yeah. getting in his car. In the, yeah, I was like, and that was my question. Is like I said, I okay, the guy may have been going for a knife. I, I you know I understand sort of the argument from the police's angle, whether I agree with it or not. It's it's not the point. I said, but but Steve, I said, Jesus Christ, seven fucking shots at yeah. close range. That just seems. Excessive? That just seems kind of fucking ridiculous. Not even excessive, just ridiculous. It's yeah. just like, what the fuck? Why do you got to pull the trigger seven times? And his comment was, you know, that, and, and that's, you know, he's not justifying it, but he said one of the things that you have to understand, at least, is that in that situation, it's it really is. You can shoot off seven shots in less than two seconds. Or whatever. I mean, he had he had a number for it. it was it was probably more than two seconds. But but it's that in that moment you just you you unload you unload. I said, is that the training? And he said, right. yeah, yeah, well, that's the Jesus. training. <laughs> and and so you, you know, and it's like okay, so for those of us that have not been in the training, it seems ridiculously excessive. But basically, from at least according to Steve, basically that's the training is that you unload your clip and. All I could think of is... That's terrible training. Well, the thing about it is all I could think of when he told me that was like, wow, that is really short-sighted because if you're in a, like a big firefight like on TV, like you're like John Wick, if he unloaded his fucking pistol on everybody, he'd be dead because he'd constantly be reloading for everybody he right. killed. Right, and Man, that's, that's, that's a what good John example. Wick is. John Wick is just boom, boom, and then he goes to the next guy, yeah. and it's like, okay, so... Well, and that's, that's a good example because John Wick is... Probably the most accurate Hollywood film uh, in regards to how guns work and how murders happen. Oh yeah, or shoot, yeah, because, shootouts because that's it's the no, most actually, accurate. It's well, what's really accurate was the other night. Uh, Dan and I were sitting here and we were we were going to sleep. It was like three o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden she wakes up and wakes me up, and I wake up just enough to hear what sounds like. And that's the thing is everybody talks about like that, that gunfire sounds like firecrackers. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Bullshit. It doesn't sound like firecrackers unless it's three miles away. It sounds like, and it's always sounds, it sounds like somebody taking a big hammer and hitting a garbage can with it. Yeah. It's just and this pop, pop, pop. It's bat, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And we heard it. I mean, it, it couldn't have been 20 feet from our house, from our apartment. Yeah. Bat, 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 you know? And all of a sudden, you know, so I get up now I can't sleep. 
um, all these cops are coming around, and apparently there were two dudes, and they were running through, and they were, and one guy was shooting at the other one. Somebody got their trunk in our parking lot. Their the car trunk had a bullet hole in it. You know, whoa, cool. And so yeah, and so all this, and all I could think of was um, when I, you know, because I couldn't sleep, and so I stayed up and I did some writing and I did some, you know, reading and that kind of shit. But and then I went right back to bed because I was fucking tired of shit. But all I could really think about was the idea that, you know, all these people, myself included, that pine for old Vegas mm-hmm. shouldn't really be surprised by random gun violence 20 feet from their house. Right. Primarily because the only difference between the thugs back then and the thugs now is that the thugs now are too lazy to dig a hole in the desert. Right. I mean, that's about it. You know, it's like yeah. if, the, if you're in Las Vegas and somebody's using, well, don't be don't be shocked by that because this is what the place was built on. So come on. Well, and that's the thing. So, well, quick side story to that. The the first night that Katie and I spent in our apartment that we're living in now, se- seven years ago. Yeah. We're, we were, like you and Dana, we were like going to bed. It was probably, you know, 1030. And we heard this like three shots, the whap, whap, whap. And we both sit up and we're like, was that? Were those, were those, gun, those, were gun, were those gunshots? So I go to the window. She's like, don't go to the window. I'm like, I'm going to. See, and it was like, because it sounded like it was right in our alley. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it um, probably was. I didn't see anybody, didn't, you know, but, yeah, I mean, it, prob- <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. Uh, but the thing, like, don't be surprised. I think this is what amazes me about the time we're living in now, is that I'm, and I've, I've probably said this before, but I am not surprised by any of this insane shit that it happens. I'm not surprised by the Breonna Taylor uh, grand jury verdict. I'm not surprised that Trump is talking about eugenics and uh, g- genetic supremacy at a uh, rally in Minnesota. I'm yeah. not surprised that his supporters, conservatives that believe in the Bible and support Israel, are okay with him talking uh-huh. about genetic supremacy. But I'm still outraged and confounded by it all it's this weird like i I don't even know what to and i think we're all there or those of us that are the thing about it is i the thing about it is i haven't been outraged i mean legit i think a lot of the outrage is completely manufactured i really do well when i when i say outrage, i I mean i mean angry like i'm like what the fuck is wrong with people i'm not I'm not even angry. I'm, I'm, and that it's, it's one of the things that I I just, uh, the other day I put out a piece on the ape is basically optimism. Mm -hmm. When things are easy, optimism Mm -hmm. is a sham because you don't need to be optimistic when things are going well. It's when shit's turning bad. It's when things are at their darkest. That's when optimism is almost fucking necessary. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's one of the things I wanted It's like, I, it's like, do you find yourself being optimistic? Cause ultimately I'm not outraged. I'm determined. That's a different thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not outraged by any of this stuff. I mean, anybody that's surprised, if, anybody that is surprised that, uh, that, you know, that people are getting shot by the police hasn't been paying attention. Right. Now, anybody anybody that thinks that it's mostly unarmed black men and that it's not gotten any better doesn't bother to read the data, but that's okay. The fact is, it's still an outrageous thing. But at that point, you either you either just spit and throw and, and get angry or you do something about it. And in my piece, that was one of the things I thought about. It's like Ruth Gator... Uh, Ruth... Gator? I like Ruth yeah, Gator. Yeah, go Binsburg. for it. Ruth Gator Binsburg. <laughs> yeah, Ruth, 
Yeah, that's good. Ruth Gator. Ruth Gator Binsberg. Um, Binsberg. You know, Why? That's I know. <laughs> well, it's because you, hey, if you're going to change the Gator, you got to go to the Bins. Yeah, you know. Um, of course. But anyway, with, the thing about it is she was she was righteously pissed about a lot of stuff yeah. when she was coming up through, and she had, and she suffered her own sense of yeah. you know both both anti-Semitic and uh, feminist misogynist, sort of yeah, misogynist. You know, she yep. she said, but instead of you know, throwing a tantrum and trying to tear everything down. She's, she got down yeah. and she said, I'm going to fix it and I'm going to fix it the way I know how. And she did, she did remarkable things almost solely by herself. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. you know, she was definitely, you know, definitely parts of teams, but she fucking, and, and that to me, if you're truly going to like honor this life, honor it by, by, by using her strategy, you know, by, by, yeah. you know, when you, when you get outraged by this stuff, instead of throwing a fit and screaming on fucking Twitter and you going out in the streets and, and burning shit, which like, those are all, I suppose, uh, legitimate expressions of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think when you relinquish yourself to that, when you relinquish that, the times that I've completely lost my shit and like jumped on a fucking car and screaming and I'm losing my mind. What I always remember is when I was a teacher, if a kid ever got me genuinely angry and I genuinely lost my temper and just went nuts, you know, that was when I lost. Mm-hmm. I lost yeah. When I lost my temper, so I had to create ways, you know, sort of like a theatrics of my thing, so that the kids were thought I would thought I was a lot more angry than I was. So mm-hmm. I never approached that DEFCON five. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess if you're really going to respect the life of John Lewis, and if you're really going to respect the the life of Ruth Ruth Ruth, okay, now it's Keep Ruth going. Gator Binsberg. I can't say her name, Jesus. Ruth. Bader Ginsburg. We did this um, a couple weeks gonna, ago with with Chadwick Bos, Boswick. Bo, Boswick, yeah, it, it's what it is. Um, <laughs> Hanging Chad Bose speakers. That's exactly what I. Yeah, that's his name. Um, but that that yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you're truly going to honor that, and you're gonna and you're gonna take any kind of lesson from it, the lessons are that that you can foment great change um, without uh, like. You know, going out and and putting up fake guillotines and uh, yeah, wearing wearing a proud boy shirt and you know you, you can it's there there are better ways to do it and the thing about it is when you look at Donald Trump all he's doing right now in his desperation is trying to make it look like he's still in charge when mm-hmm. every everybody with a brain actually knows that if we vote him out he doesn't he doesn't have a choice whether he gets removed from office. That's that's right. not his choice. I know. But he but he's up there saying it like he is because what that does is the the the, the snake brain of every fucking twenty five year old that, that is so ah! Oh buddy, they're much older than twenty five. Well too. I know they you are know. but yeah just it's like I'm you know I'm just gonna yeah. be you know perjurious to the young because I like to do that because I'm an old man. But um it just it's just a way to, to, to that's all he does is he knows how to distract and that's all yeah. it is is a distraction well know? it's it's like I, I i keep coming back to with with all the anger that i f- that i feel constantly like i go back and forth between these two movie scenes there's ghostbusters 2 arguably the second Boy, a sh- the second a best turd. ghostbusters but it's the second best ghostbusters no it's not the second best ghostbusters was the cartoon fair enough Okay, so it's the third best Ghostbusters. Then. No, fair enough. Uh, but the uh, the cartoon was really good. It was really well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, good. it was a lot of fun. 
Um, also, as a kid, I got a real kick out of because that was on at the same time as like the Garfield cartoon was on, and yeah. this I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who played Vankman in the Ghostbusters cartoon was also cartoon, yeah, Garfield. The voice oh, of Garfield. Okay. So I, and he sounded like Bill Murray. But it well, wasn't I think Bill crazily, anyway. when they did the movie Garfield, guess who voiced Garfield and in they the got, movie? And they got Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, but it's it's. You know, Ghostbusters 2, there's that sludge, that slime underneath the city because of all the, the, the anger and the hatred and the putrid vile blech, of New York, yeah. of, you know, late 80s, you know, 80s New York. Yeah, um, late 80s New York is pretty vile, yeah. But it's like, it's always, it's always there, you know, just waiting for its moment. But there's the, the better use of that anger is in Marvel's Avengers, where, you know, all right, Bruce, now's the time to get angry. That's the thing, Cap. I'm always angry. And he turns... I mean, that... Even just talking about it, I just got chills down my neck. Yeah, it's I such love a, that moment. But that's how... You know, even though Hulk makes this huge fucking mess of things, it's this controlled... As controlled as Hulk can be, right? But it's this yeah, controlled, yeah. focused anger that that wins the day. Right? I well, mean, that's, what, that's the whole see, thing. See, one, one of my favorite Hulk moments, and it really is one of my favorite Hulk moments, is in Endgame, when they're going back in time, and they go back to 1982, whatever it is, and they're like, no, you got to Hulk out a little bit more. Like, like bang stuff or something. They don't he, go back to just, they go back to 2012. They go back to oh, 2012. New York. Okay, yeah. that's right. That's <laughs> I like, right. I don't I don't know where that came from. Anyway, <laughs> I think everything should go back to the 80s just because that's me. Um, and, no, and, but, you know, and Mark Ruffalo he, meets Lou Ferrigno, and they. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but I like I like that moment where it's like he's like he just kind of half heartedly just yeah. bangs bangs on the car, goosh, goosh. Uh-huh. and then he's and then he sees himself, he goes, yeah. and he just looks and he goes, so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I love he's that. involved with that anger. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's like I think that's that's what we got to do with it. And so I, I think we have to be optimistic, and well, if we're not yeah, optimistic. Optimism is a, a funny thing because, like you what said, optimism quote? optimism sounds like a retinal disease. Okay, there you go. That's a David Hemel um, quote. And you know, it's it's that's a joke. I mean, I don't really think that optimism is a retinal disease. Like, no, I, but it I sounds like it. Yes. So that's that, and that's uh, actually a funny joke. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's thank a you. funny joke. Hey, why did the chicken cross the road? Go fuck yourself. I mean, that's an option. Or yeah. it was to uh, go or, to the optometrist because the chicken had optimism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Okay, yeah. The thing well, is, yeah, when, when everything's going you great... You know, we're down... Right now, we're down to four listeners. All, we had seven. The three of them just said, yeah, fuck these guys. And I get this it. off. I get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, that's all right. I just want to let you, you know... Uh, but yeah, it's really easy when everything's going great. Like, oh, I, I'm, I'm such an optimist because the future's so bright. Yeah, that's a breeze when everything's going fucking, you know, when everything's turning up aces. If you don't recognize the horrors of the world, that it's not really optimism, it's delusion. And that's why I say, like, you, like, really good friendships or, or relationships. Like, let, let's just talk about relationships. You know, like, okay. there's sometimes when people, like, they, they run in... You know, you hurry into relationships, you know, because, oh, my God, everything's been great. I I've never felt this way, and I want to be with them forever. And we all have that until something goes wrong or there's and a fight you, or there's a disagreement. And like, then your dedication is your metal is tested in that situation. Yeah, every time. Like you have to go through shit. You have to go through the hard times and get through them 
if you're going to have this optimism and this sense, this this strength in your relationship. That's why war buddies are so close. And yeah, because I mean, they have a, been a, through a Viet, the worst. A Vietnam vet can connect with an, an Iraq war vet or a, a World War II vet, you know, because they've they shared that that shit experience of being in war. Yeah, you know, and that's hard to. Uh, it's that's why it's better to take advice from an older person, you know, who's seen then, some shit, than a, than a younger person, a younger person. Who yeah, still thinks still thinks that they're very very special, yeah, and they're really important, and that their opinion really matters. And, and that's not to say that young people don't have important opinions that are thoughtful and sound and reasonable. Greta Thunberg, Thunderbird, Greta Thunderbird, yeah, uh, and who's the the young the young woman from uh the the high school that was shut up the ah, what the fuck is her name i don't know whatever you know but those those t- the kids from the the florida high school the parkland the parkland, parkland thank you yeah the, and i can't yeah, the remember parkland their names teams. um no but they were like the two kids it was one one young man and one young woman that were like the yeah 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 and i don't think they're wrong and i give them full credit i mean they're kids they they but they experience some shit and so therefore their voices have more value the people on facebook that you know, read a news story and are losing their fucking mind. Like, I don't know. Like, what what are you doing about it? You're just here well, on Twitter I mean, and Facebook. It, are you? The, and the the thing about it is, and there is there is, you know, and I and maybe I'm just too cynical. Oh, that's thing is as as optimistic as I am, I do recognize the bullshit that because that otherwise my optimism has no teeth, right? Right. Right. Um, but one of the things that and I I said this, uh, Christ, I said and boy, people piss people off was that. Uh, when uh, the Columbine kids shot up the kids, mm. you know, and the whole world was grieving, all I could think of was, I'm not grieving. I didn't know those people. I mean, it's it's a horrible tragedy. I think it's a terrible thing, but I'm not grieving. I'm not wounded. I don't hurt for those people because I didn't know those people. That's, I mean, and, and so I've always kind of balanced that. It's like, you know, like Brianna Taylor, do I think it's a tragedy? It's a horror? Yes. Do I think it's a travesty of justice? Absolutely. Am I sitting in my house weeping and gnashing my teeth because of my own personal pain over this? No, because no. I wasn't well. shot. I didn't know Brianna Taylor. I think it's a horrible thing. Horrible things happen all the time. And if we fucking, every horrible thing that happened in the world, we openly grieved, that's all we would do. Right, but there's there's a line in that. I mean, this is this is a spectrum. And, uh, you know, I my life is not changed by Brianna Taylor's death or her life. And Yeah. But in her death, because we know about it, I'm affected in a way because I think about her family. I think about those who did know her who's lost, because if it were me, you know, I put the shoe on the other foot, or put the hat on the other foot, the shoe on the other head, how does it, whatever that is. Sure, you're going to put your hat on your fucking, your day-old shoe on your head, whatever. That's it, that's the one. Um, you know, I think about that, and I think, why, you know, th- that's where my, it's, I guess it's empathy, I think is what some people call it. Um, well, see, I don't, the thing is, that's the thing is, I think empathy is a different. I mean, I think I think that is performative empathy, but I don't think it's well, genuine but I'm not, empathy. But I'm not performing with it. I'm not going out and and saying, "Oh, Brianna Taylor, this." You well, know, that's I'm, what I'm saying. I feel the thing is, I'm and, and and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't feel a certain sense of empathy, but I also, I guess, my perspective is, you know, if if uh, if the cops come in here and they shoot Dana. 
and it's you know it's a tragedy and there's there's no justice well then it is my job to grieve it is my job to be outraged. It is my job. There's no other way I can handle it, right? Well, it's also but your some, job to bring that but to the some, public no, and say, we can't no, let this happen again. And, and that's different. It is not my job in that situation to do it. It's that guy that doesn't know Dana, that doesn't know me, that can say, I have an objective distance from this and I still think it's wrong. It's that guy's job to bring it to uh, the, the, you know, to the thing, which is why on some level, I, I genuinely, because I'm torn, because I genuinely love the fact that young white people in mass are supporting Black Lives Matter. I really like that. I think that's a really good thing because it's their job to sort of bring this issue to the front. The problem that I see is number one, they're all too stupid to know how to effectively protest. <laughs> and there's so you know it's like let's burn cars down you dumb fucking idiots well chicago you know? last night they did they, they did, did not it right they did it right and, and i was very like, proud of my well, city that's last what, night that's what protest is supposed to be and it doesn't mean that protests can't get out of hand a little bit yeah. but you know the, you know part of it is i mean you read read about the, the what was the moms the moms for BLM, you know, oh, yeah. and there were all these yeah. white moms. And then once they got a little attention, they, they made themselves a nonprofit and, and didn't bother to have anybody black on their board and, and decided that they right. were not going to protest for Black Lives Matter, that it was going to be for everything they thought was important other than that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Well, you know I, you why know, they so didn't have anybody black on their board is because white moms don't know anybody black. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, that's that is the true. thing that, that twists me up. I think about this all the time, really, is uh, I, 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 <laughs> I have black friends. I, I know black people. They're okay. You know, <laughs> I realize I'm starting you to sound that way. You know the blacks, David Himmel, yeah. you Jew. You know some blacks. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I think about, like, the, the friends that are really loud about the, the injustices and the Black Lives Matter thing, and I think, do you have any, do you talk to black people on any regular basis? And I don't do it enough. I, but that's, unfortunately, the, I think, the way that our country is, like, we, we're tribalists, right? Like, we are tribes, and the differences separate us, and we, we fail in many ways a lot of the time in having a, as mixed a, group of friends as we want to have that's yeah. not that's not across the board i know but it's pretty common in at least the circles that i see and i have a lot of different circles that i look at you know college yeah. and camp and high school and uh chicago and las vegas you know there's yeah and i agree with you we are just human beings this yeah. is see, this is where i think we get this is where i think and this is you know where the woke um, and I, you know, like I, uh, I disagree with all the woke, um, but sort of that perspective, why I, where, where I diverge from it and why they think I'm an alt-right troll. I don't get it, but whatever. Yeah. Is, is that, yes, I recognize that human beings are a tribal species, but I also recognize that the entire concept, the entire experiment of the United States of America regardless of its flaws in, in its, its inception, is that we make our own tribe of all these other tribes, that it is literally a melting pot that we're all supposed to yeah. 
kind of work together and, and, and take those tribal differences and discard them. And there have been times in the history of this country when those tribal differences have come to the fore and, and people have really said, no, we want to segregate by race and we want to segregate by sexual preference. And this is, you know, and that's George Wallace and that's Jim Crow. Well, the thing that makes me sad is that we, we kind of tamped, we got as much as we could get, got rid of Jim Crow laws and we did our best. Actually, I take that back. We didn't really do our best, but we tried. Yeah. To, you know, it was, it was performative. Honest. It was performative. Some of it, well, some of it was performative and some of it was legitimate. But when it came to actually enforcing some of it, they can, we kind of fell down. But yeah. now um, we have the, the, the left saying, let's segregate and let's, be, let's really focus on our tribes. And it's like, no, it's just, it doesn't matter what your reason is. The whole experiment of America is to not be tribal, is, right. to, is to take anybody from any tribe that you know, comes, comes our way and we bring them into shore and we say, all right, you know, your name's Corleone because that's where you came from mm-hmm. and now you're American, you know, that, that kind that's, of thing. But that's, yeah, and that's what we've done from the very beginning. I mean, it you know, restricted country clubs and then, you know, here's, uh, we, we were f- every, I'm going to say every, uh, every race or creed or religion was forced to do this because, you know, the Jews, blacks, Catholics, Irish, I mean, you know, uh, anybody who wasn't the white Anglo-Saxon was in a way forced to do it because the powers, the white Anglo-Saxon, wouldn't let them in the door. So they had to go and do their own things, which just further, it it created more of a divide. More more rift, yeah. And and we're seeing those things go away. You know, the country clubs and, you know, the... Well, we've seen them go away for... And that's good. I mean, the thing thing about it, 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 it's an interesting thing how, how short... And, and I and I actually blame our adherence to pop culture in some degree, is that, you know, we and, and maybe that's why we've gone through this whole revisionist. Let's look at all the movies and all the people from mm-hmm. and what do they say when they were eighteen and now they're fifty five and they're just exactly the same. Is that we've got this sense that you know if I watch, let, let's put uh, Star Wars. If I watch Star Wars and I watch it today and it's the first time I've seen it. Well, that might be a that's a contemporary film, mm-hmm. and so I can look at that and go, "Well, we're the fucking black people. Why isn't there any LGBTQ blah blah? Why 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 are there not letter people in here and all this kind of stuff?" And 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 it was made in 1977, you know, and so uh, it, that doesn't mean that that was right, but that's just how it was, and you can't hold that movie accountable for not being completely integrated with all representations. Like, where is the fat lesbian with Tourette's? She's not in Star Wars. <laughs> there is a problem with Star Wars. Let's ban Star Wars. Like, the, no, 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 no. Oh, You're that, missing the, the point. The fat lesbian with Tourette's was in Jedi. Well, that's what I'm J- saying. It was, it was Jabba. It was, yeah, Jabba was, yeah. Okay, you know, but that it's just like, uh, you know, but, but that's the thing is we look at our history as happening right now, and I think yeah. part of that problem is that we've had so much history put in film and we do it you know and so it's like you you watch mad men which was made this century and you think that's exactly how things were back then well it's a lens it's a lens yeah it's a lens but in in defense of mad men it it was really well done no it was very well done they paid a lot of a lot they paid a lot of mind to how things Looked yeah, and sounded, but, and but, uh, yeah. but uh, no, they, they. I'm not. I'm not dismissing yes, the artistry this, this of was, it. This was not exactly how. Yeah, because it's still television. It's still entertainment. It's still, 
there still has limbs. to be a plot line and exactly. character yeah. arcs and all that shit. Yeah. You know, and and so, yeah, you know, it's just like it's. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many. It's all mushy. But back to, well, let I, me ask you. I want to ask you this question. Okay. All right. So. Trump's going to get a Supreme Court pick. Um, <laughs> and we've got the election, and he is sowing every possible seed of desperation to, de- to basically defranchise the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, California's still on fire, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, and it's flaring back up. Oh, and it's also hurricane season still. Yeah, it's hurricane yeah. season. Okay. Um, we've, we've been talking about civil rights and pandemic for the better part of this year and totally forgot. Talk about, you know, Greta Thunderbird. Totally forgot about uh, climate change. So so my question... Well, we didn't for, forget about climate change because that's the hurricane and the wildfires. Well, no, that's happening, but we're not really talking about that because we're too busy talking about other stuff, which is... There's a lot of shit on our plate. We have a lot to eat. We have a lot to so, shovel down. So my question for you are, are you optimistic for our future? Yeah, it's a great question. And let me, let me work through the, the answer a little bit. Optimism for me, like most of my thoughts or, or, or most of my feelings on things. Your uh, feel feels? My feel feels. It, they come and go. They're, they're, they're momentous. You know, they're, uh, I think that things will get better because of, of physics, because <laughs> like the laws of physics, like it cannot be awful forever. At some point, the fire will run out of fuel and it will burn and it will burn out. And then that will allow in time for new, new life to, to, to sprout free. You know, it may take a while and I'm not saying let California burn. They'll rebuild. It'll be fine. That's not what I'm saying here. But you know, when I, when I was unemployed and you know, when I first moved to Chicago and I was going through all the, you know, the recession and all this other shit, I kept telling myself and my, the girl I was living with at the time was like, you're never going to find a fucking job. She was extremely supportive. I was saying, <laughs> the laws of physics d- demand that I won't be unemployed forever. I, like, just, it's impossible. Like, I can, I, I'm not mentally ill. I'm not, like, I'm not at the point where I'm going to end up on the street and totally fucking ruin everything where I can never be hired again. And even to that point, I think that there are people, mentally people, mentally ill people on the streets right now that could gain employment in some way, even if it's wiping my ass, you know, like whatever the fuck it is. Well, you are real. You are. You are a true liberal that that the best job you can give a mentally ill homeless person is is wipe your ass. That is. It's an entry level position. There is room for growth. It's a it's Uh, an internship, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not even a paid. It's not even a paid internship. It's just to build experience, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if they if they do well, you know, we'll do a six month review, and then maybe they move from my ass to Katie's. Uh, you know, and after that, they're they're well, Harry's babysitter. A, um, well, see, no, no, yeah. going from your ass to Katie's ass, and that's the job. The job is to wipe. That's like that's like going from the mailroom guy to the vice president of the company. I mean, that's a jump. Yeah, I mean, we're. In the Himmel household, this is a good little organization here. There is definitely room for growth here. So, am I optimistic about the future? (sighs) 
sometimes, and it's in these weird moments where I look at at, at the kids. Uh, you know, if I look at, at Greta Thunderbird and the the Parkland the Parkland kids, and I think, all right, they've got an AOC. You know, like I look at like the younger people that are coming up. I think, all right, if they can maintain this kind of forward action and and confidence and progressive uh, effective behavior and don't become whittled down and and find themselves as a new Mitch McConnell's, you know, uh, I, I think we'll be okay. And not to be super poetic and like dad lame, but when I look at Harry and I think about like when he's really kind to people or thoughtful about the dumbest shit, um, like he just wants his, you know, his stuffed slothy, uh, which I wrote about in the ape. He just yep. wants slothy wrapped in, and this goes into Harry having his first nightmare, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, he just wants slothy to be warm, like just the kindness that naturally comes from humans until we get fucked up by our parents or by the, you know, the environment that we grow up in. If we can maintain some of that, then we'll be okay. But then, shit will get bad again. Well, and then shit will get good again. Like, that's just like, the way well, it you know, goes. Here, here, here's a follow-up question. And then we'll get to Harry's nightmare. Um, the follow-up question is, and I asked this in the piece that I wrote, what if it doesn't get better? Well, what, what if, what if you know, it's like yeah. it's darkest before the dawn. What if there is no dawn? What if... What if we are now? Because I mean, the thing thing is, you know, I mean, and and, and you got to be honest, we're short lived creatures. We don't live yeah. that long, and so my guess is, well, I got a, I got a buddy who's I mean, uh, using using slavery as an example. Uh, you know, if you were a slave in eighteen thirty, and you know, that's what you did, and you were whipped, and you know, I mean, and let's be honest. You probably weren't whipped every day. I mean, that, I mean if you're on roots or you're in a I'm twelve not years slave, at all. I can't then you're getting whipped every day. But the fact is, you couldn't survive. You would, you'd be dead in a week if you got whipped every day. So anyway, but the thing is, this is your future, and it's never in your lifetime as that slave in 1830. It's never going to get. There is no dawn that you are going to see. Now the question is, if you cannot possibly even envision what the dawn looks like. If you know for a fact you are not going to live to see the dawn, are you optimistic then? Am, am I David Himmel, or is this a general you? Because I think you know John. John Lewis has said that uh, I don't have the quotes in front of me, but I, I wrote something down the other day that I was I was reading something and something he said that it was really strike uh, striking. Um, and of course, it's striking enough for me to completely fucking forget it right now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> when gonna I, say when yes, I need it most. That's some brilliant. That's uh, some brilliant stuff that you remember so well. Maybe what? John Lewis should have been a little bit better then, huh? Yeah. Uh, Lame. But, but, but the idea is that we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for the next generation because we may I'm not, not doing see. Shit I mean, for didn't, the next generation. You know, that's. I mean, that's the the. You know, Martin Luther King, Dr. King said this, that I may not see the mountaintop. I may not get there with you or whatever. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But we do the work anyway. And when I think about the future and the shit that I won't see, uh, but that Harry might see or that my grandkids might see, 
even if I never see my grandkids. Uh, I, I, I'd like to think, I, I still have to do the good work, even though I'm not going to see it, because there's going to be people that I know that I care about that are going to be living in the world that I leave them. So I have to be optimistic and try and do the right things so they have, so they have a dawn to look forward yeah. to at some point. And I, you know, my, but my, my optimism, momentary as it might be, is, is, qu- you know, is, is quickly beaten because I get frustrated with the repetitive cycle. The insanity of history repeating is what drives me fucking crazy. Crazy. That, yeah, we're going to, we might, right now, like, this is the moment when the country is burning and come November 3rd or whatever the actual voting day is this year. Um, it's November 3rd. Yeah. November 3rd. It's, all, it's always November 3rd. November 2nd is always election day. So wait, it's November 3rd, but November 2nd is always the election no, day? No, November 3rd is the day we find out who the president is. November 2nd is the day we always have, we always vote for the president on November 2nd. Isn't it the November, second, it's the second Tuesday of November, or the first Tuesday of November? It's always November 2nd. I don't know if that's I, true. I think it's, I, I could first, be full of I think shit. it's the I, first Tuesday of November. You might be right, and I always just and I just assumed it was always November second. But maybe whatever. I'm Let's just call it voting. Maybe day. I just made that shit voting day. Yeah. Maybe I'm full so, of shit. It's so very possible. Day. I could be wrong. So come voting maybe day, maybe I am, or the day yeah. after voting day. Yeah, whatever. Trump. Let's just say Trump loses, does not secede power, um, refuses to accept the election. Uh, his people rise up, and there is an actual hot civil war that okay. occurs on our streets. And come January 20th, you know, when Biden's meant to take over, Trump does not leave the office. And they're, you know, the... the I, fuck, I don't know. Like, who's in charge of the federal government? Like, do the military police come in and get him? I, I don't know. It's such an insane no, actually, thing to think about. Actually, I, actually, January 21st, Nancy Pelosi, uh, automatically, if there's been a contested election and nobody has been seated as a president, no one has been inaugurated as president, the Speaker of the, 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 speaker of the House um, becomes the, the president, president. And it, the acting president. And at that point, then she calls it, she calls in the National Guard. But at that point, the question becomes who in the armed forces are going to align with Trump and who in the armed right. forces are going to align with the legitimacy of the government. So let's just say that the all, of these, of all of this shit happens and this country goes into its second civil war and it sure. burns to the ground. It, you know, uh, hyperbole, I get it, but it's, we're done and we have to start okay. over. Kind of in the way that we did in 1865, right? Yeah. Or 64, yeah, 64, 65. That's the thing, is that when everything burns down and is fucking decimated, eventually, from underneath the ash, a, a seedling will bloom. It will, you know, it will bud, and it will begin again. Like, until the earth is... Chunt- you yeah. fucking Chauncey Gardner from fucking being there? I mean, well, that's just it. But that's that's the cycle of the circle of life, right? I mean, that's that's what it is. So optimism is as fleeting as nihilism. Now, wait, wait a minute. This is the same guy that when I was saying that tattoos aren't permanent because we're dying, you gave me the blah, 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 oh, existential, oh, philosophy. Now, now you're telling me about how the fucking, in the winter, the snow kills, and then there's a spring of buds. I was like, Jesus Christ. But that's, that's it. That's what it is. So that's why you're optimistic is because in the spring, the buds will come up? 
I'm to op- the ashes I'm of destruction and murder and death. I'm optimistic only after I've been pessimistic, and then when the optimism runs out, the pessimism kicks in because that's just the cycle. It's going to go to shit. It's going to get great. It's going to go to shit. It's going to get great. I am never pessimistic. I am always optimistic. And I've I think, always been optimistic. And I think optimistic. in a way, I, I admire you for that, but I think there's a, a level of delusion. Because shit is going to get really fucking bad no, for a the minute. the thing is, but that's not pessimism. And it's really fucking bad it's not right now. Real. If you don't understand the bad, then your optimism is fake optimism. Right, but if it's you don't bullshit. understand the good... I do understand that it's, all it's this Icarus. shit's going to turn This is Icarus. Shit. If you fly too high, because everything's fucking great. If you go up to the sun, your fucking wings burn up. But if do you're you, sitting in the fucking bottom, you crash and, and so my you question, sink to the so bottom of the ocean. You see, you see my optimism as Icarus flying too close to the sun and being unaware of all the stuff. Are you kidding? Sometimes. Do you read, like, do you read, do you read anything I've written ever? I'm completely no. aware of of the Fuck horror. No. Oh, okay, well there you go. All right, well because then if you read anything I write, you'll know I'm very aware <laughs> of the fucking horror shows and how bad things are and how bad things will get and how things can get worse and will get worse and all that stuff. And I am still well, I think completely the, optimistic. The time I, the times th- that your optimism strike me as delusional is when I just want you to be pessimistic with me. So yeah. it's a selfish See, that's thing. That's it. I just that's I just all, want all misery loves you. company. Yeah. And would you just join me on this fucking shit ride for a minute, bro? Yeah. Well, it's 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 <laughs> like, the it's, it it's it's the Jewish joke about the Jewish man that comes in and says, "I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty," and then he gets some water, and then about five minutes later he goes, "Oh, I I was so thirsty," yeah. you know. It's like yeah, okay. And that's yeah, and that's that is kind of the world that I operate in for myself. Like if I'm not. I thought about this the other day. I had a really good day. It was like two, maybe a week ago. Um, and I was, you know, I was like brushing my teeth, washing my face, getting ready for bed, take my contacts out, doing the routine. And I thought, today was a good day. It was, I was productive. Katie and I had, like, there was no, you know, annoying marriage bullshit. There was Harry no big was fights. Cool. Yeah. yeah, like everything. And it was just kind of like a normal, cool day. And I was like, things are going pretty well right now. I, I feel... I feel good. I feel optimistic. I feel I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I'm not dreading anything. And then I had this moment of, oh, that's what's been bothering me today, is that there was nothing bothering me. Uh-huh. Well, you're also the guy that goes on Facebook just so you can get riled up and see how stupid right. people like, are. Like there are times yeah. when I need, like I, I just I need that that long q-tip up my dick hole just to like get me like i need to feel something annoying so i can like ah fuck let's go like i need to i i need captain america to tell me to get angry sometimes that's that doesn't work but you see that that yeah that doesn't work at all but i understand what you're saying so it's it's i live in this weird space of i need to be annoyed and i feel weird when i'm not but i'm also really happy that everything is great but then I'm like, oh shit! This means something's gonna go. This means it's gonna something's gonna go bad, because it's been good too long, and the laws of physics allow it to be that what goes up must come down. All things the come thing around about again it is to every season. The, the, turn, turn, turn. And I appreciate your your law of physics uh, take, but uh, the reason I, I completely I, I think it well not completely, but I, I think it, it is it is a poor substitute is that optimism is a state of mind 
And states of mind are so malleable and have nothing to do with actual reality for the most part. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, and I've been, I, 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 if there's a sort of like a through line of everything I've been writing probably for the last 10 years, it is really focused on the idea that we just see things the way we want to see them. Yeah. And if we want to see them as part of a more optimistic trend, we you have to work at it. You have to put your back into it because in, in the face of all the bullshit that goes down and all of the depravity and the shitty people, because people are basically by and large kind of shitty yeah. and selfish and self-interested, and you, that, that you have to you have to work at looking at where things are going right and really see those trends in a way and go, okay, I may not see the day. It's like, all right, yeah, is racism a horror? Yeah, is is it the biggest blemish on our nation? No, I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy that. I think there, I think, I think uh, the robber barons and income equality inequality is far more pervasive because it touches everybody regardless of race. However... And it bleeds over to other countries. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But but is racism... It, am I going to... Racism it, is are, its weapon. I believe that racism are we going is, to be able is the to over, weapon. Yeah. Are we are we ever going to be able to to, to see a, a day where there is no uh, discrimination and no no racism uh, present in our country? No, I don't no, think that I don't will ever happen. That. No, that will never but, happen. But I also know that it could get much, much better because it sure. has gotten much, much better. It's it can get much, better, but it will never better. go away. Yeah, yeah, because here's, it's just a part of who we are. Here's the, and I, I want it I, I to think, get better. I, I think that, but this, I don't know if I'll. I don't know if I'll live long enough right. to to actually see serious stuff. And that's the thing about it is that's okay because like I, I I heard you like I'm doing this for Harry and for Harry's kids and this kind of stuff. Well, I don't have any kids. And so it's sort of like so the, you have to do it for Harry and Harry's kids. Well, no, I'm not doing it. I'm I, fuck to you. Me, I, do it for my yeah, son. I'm not going to do it for your fucking son. What I'm going to do? This <laughs> is the thing. Is and, and that's the thing. Is it's sort of like uh, it's the, what is it? The Buddhist. The Buddhist thing is like what's uh, you know like it's it's the journey up the mountain that counts, not the achievement at the top of the mountain. So sure. my goal, my yeah. goal is not you know we're going to have a perfect society because I don't necessarily agree there is a top to that mountain but it is a journey so I'm not doing it I'm, I, I'm not optimistic for anyone other than me mm-hmm. and perhaps that's selfish but it's like alright this is about me well, but- trying to be the best person I can be because in that it's a wonderful life thing I do on a regular basis encounter human beings and if I can rub some of that off some of that good juju that I'm if that just rubs off on anybody and gives them a little bit moment where they go oh maybe life isn't so shitty mm-hmm. then I have done a good thing that's just it. And, yeah and it, yeah. it's and it's and, and and that's the thing about interaction is it is the small things that matter it's yeah. not the big things it's not the big you know and it's not I'm, I'm not looking to be a hero because I don't think somebody that just cheers people up and does nice things for people is a hero no no a hero looks like Captain America or a fucking soldier that saved all his people just because you join the armed forces doesn't make you a hero a hero a requires hero, you gotta her, do something heroic hero, hero, heroism heroism what's the her, word her, yeah heroism Ruth Gator what heroism is that Chadwick the word? Bostwick. What the fuck's going on? That requires sacrifice, I believe. You know, Greta like Thunderbird. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's... I, I think that this sums up my uh, outlook on life. And when, when Katie was still pregnant with Harry, we were, you know, putting his room together, um, which was my old office, 
fucking asshole. Took my goddamn. Uh, yeah, I remember how pissed you were about that. And uh, and seems and that I, you are still pissed about it. I'm, I'm not pissed about it. Just fucking the kid owes me. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, so I I wanted to do something. I, I, Kate and I both we, we wanted to make some original art for Harry. Like I didn't want to just buy a bunch of like Target bullshit. You know, live, laugh, love, kid. <laughs> live, laugh, poop. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck off. Eat my dick. My poopy dick. Um, Fuck off, what? eat my poopy dick would be there a you great go. target. Like one of those that's fake going on boards distressed. that's been distressed. Yeah, distressed boards. <laughs> eat my fuck, yeah. Fuck that's, off, that. eat my poopy dick. Eat my poopy dick. And then you walk into, it, it actually, that's like a pottery barn thing. You know, yeah. it's like a pottery barn. Yeah. They're like a, you know, a little more adult. And I like that. I think right. that's appropriate. Uh, but I wanted to combine, you know. Kate, I'm getting my mom that for Christmas. There so. you go. Katie's an artist. It's probably an Etsy. You can find somebody who will make distressed wood signs with your saying on it. I'm sure yeah, it's there. Yeah. Uh, you know, but Katie's an artist and I'm a writer, so I wanted to combine the two. Also, I have I've long had this fantasy that I would marry an artist and would she would. Oh, pa- you're a writer. She would shut up. She would paint. Because I because I, I used to be. When's the I last time you wrote something for the Literate Ape? I'm like, wow, you're a writer. Okay, I, I forgot yeah, I know. that. That's fair. I but, thought you just mostly went through my writing and and italicized stuff. Uh. That's kind of the extent of it these days, and yeah, writing post-it notes, pulling shit off the yeah. wall, and put yeah, I know, yeah, okay. I know. All right, I'm just, I'm just. Okay, so you're a writer. I, just, and I an love artist. when okay. you catch the sh- the little shit that I do. You know? <laughs> little fucking Easter eggs for each other. That's what we do. That's uh, what we do. It's romantic. Uh, but you know, I long had this fantasy, this romantic fantasy that I would marry an artist, and she would, she would, make paintings of my of my writings, and I would write stories about her painting. You know this. And I, we've kind of sort of done that. So anyway, we're putting Harry's room together, and I, I write, I write these words down um, that I want to put on his wall, and she creates this art for it, and we put it up on his wall above his bed, above his crib, and now yeah. above his, his bed. And it says, uh, and I might, I might fuck it up, this is not exact, but uh, the, the secret to a happy life is to laugh more than you poop your pants. And if you poop your pants, certainly laugh about it. It's too long for a target board, but uh, well, that's it's why still it's pretty not, good. Yeah. But, I mean, that, but that's the thing. It's like, try and, try and enjoy shit more than fucking things up, you know, or making a mess oh, of yeah. things. But if you yeah. do make a mess of things, find the humor in it and fucking move on. Yeah, yes. that Calm is down. life. You know, yeah, that's calm, it. Calm fucking down because guess what? Things, bad things are going to happen, and good things are going to happen. And yeah, well, it's it's interesting because you, you, I read this. I was reading uh, some some uh, psychological surveys, some polls, and some studies. Yes, I do that. I go and I look at I look at bizarre studies that have been done about shit, and I read through their goddamn. I don't understand half of it, but I get the gist <laughs> for the most part. Because I mean, it's very thick. It's very thick academic speak and uh, and psychologically damaged yada yada. Mm-hmm. But one was uh, it was a very interesting, and this was uh, out of out of Denmark. Um, the, rea- the 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 realization that when they're comparing um, demographic studies, when you were comparing demographic studies, race, uh, uh, age, you know, all this kind of stuff, that most of the studies, like for the last fifty years, have really been lensed on finding the differences and, mm-hmm. and really emphasizing how different we all are. And these yeah. four Denmark um, scientists decided, let's, let's flip that script because 
they believe firmly, their hypothesis is that, that, that every individual, from no matter where they're at and no matter how old, we all have far more, more similarities than we, we have differences. We all and love so our they, families. We all have our own weird yeah, foods. They did we this, all, they yeah. did, this was a 10-year study. This mm. was a 10-year study. They did this for 10 years, and they were funded by the, the Dutch people that fund things. And, and, the, the, and, you know, the Danes were funded by the Dutch? I don't know. Whatever Denmark, whatever. It's Denmark. The people in Denmark that gave to give scientists money. Oh my God! The Dutch. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's not the um, Dutch. The Dutch, the Dutch and the Danes are very different people. Well, where are the Dutch or from? Or they're very similar. Well, where are the Dutch from? Amsterdam. Yeah. And where's Amsterdam? In in Europe. <laughs> Yeah, no, what country is Am- oh, oh, Amsterdam? It's, Am- it's, no. it's near Amsterdam. Amsterdam's a city, isn't it? Fuck, I don't... Wait, now I'm questioning everything. Am I even here yeah. right now? What's going on? That's right. Wait, anyway, <laughs> the thing is, they did a 10-year study of over 7,000 people, and ultimately what they found out is that we have far <laughs> more in common, and you and I are fucking idiots. That's what we have in common. We're mentally retarded idiots. Netherlands. The Netherlands. The Netherlands. Country. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to say, I didn't think Amsterdam was a country. I'm like, did you just call Amsterdam a country? And that's where the Dutch are from? I don't even know what the fuck it's I'm not even the fucking Dutch. You don't, neither one of us do. Yeah, let me Google who are the Dutch. Yeah, where do the fucking Dutch come from? I thought it was Denmark. I don't know why. Dude, all I had to type in, wait, hang on a second. Who are who the Dutch? Are and the Dutch is the first thing that pops up. Okay, so everybody wants to know the answer to this question. Netherlands. So what's the okay, answer? So I, Netherlands. All right, so, okay, I, so I'm only so sort of wrong. You were correct Jesus in that Christ. there are Dutch in Amsterdam, but you were incorrect that Amsterdam was a country. It's oh, a city God. in a country. Jesus Christ. Anyway, oh. let's do six things. We're going to talk about Harry's, uh, oh. and it's the thing, we're going to talk about Harry's nightmare next week, but I want to bring Dana in for it. Okay. And the reason I went because Dana is she has studied and she has a lot of fun interpreting dreams. Oh, cool. Okay. So you're going to tell us what the nightmare is, and she's going to tell you what that nightmare means. Awesome. So we'll do that next week. So okay. let's get into our our six things and close this baby out. All right. My first thing is uh, study a fucking map. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, yeah. Just, yeah, that's embarrassing, but because uh, we're both college-educated people, I am, I am, we don't know I am the fuck mortified we're right now. And granted, it's late, and at the time of this recording, and I'm half a scotch in, but sure, that's no Jesus, excuse. that's no excuse. Uh, but my real first thing: <laughs> the country of Amsterdam. Holy fuck! Have you ever and visited the Dutch Danish? Have you ever visited the country of Chicago? I have. What a what a horrible place. Yeah, that. All right. Uh, my first thing. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doubling down on this. Learn your fucking geography. Just take All a right. minute to learn. Your, no, fuck it. I'm going to double back on that. Okay. All right. My first thing. Um, Jesus watch. Christ. This is a convoluted to get to just six things. Oh. Holy Christ. I'm not sure about anything anymore, Don. This is the problem. I Okay. Uh, I want you to watch on Netflix. Uh, it's a four se- uh, four episodes uh, docu series, Challenger: The Final Flight. Yep, it's very good. Um, it's intense. It is. And intense. I lived it. Well, you know, I lived it. Uh, yeah, you know, you were you, I, you were know, one of the you were in the I, crew. 
that you were the only well, crew no, member that survived. No, I won't say I lived it, but what I will say is I knew Krista McCullough. What? The the teacher? No, I know who the te- I know who Krista McCullough is. She was she was a debate coach at McGovern High School. My high school debated McGovern High School, and so she judged me in debates. So I knew who she. I mean, it's not like we were buddies. It's not like yeah. we hung out. But I I knew who she was. I had seen her many times wow, at at wild. debate meets. Yeah. So when when she got the thing, our school, all of our like high schools were How like old were way. You in 86? January of eighty six. You were in eighty six. I was a sophomore in college, so I was still you were in so- Kansas. Fuck. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was a sophomore in college, so I knew her when she was when I was a debater in high school, like from eighty two to eighty four. Mm. I saw her multiple times. So then when. In 86, when, like, oh, my God, this teacher gets to go yeah. to space. I mean, you know, I, all these people that I knew that were, like, her former students and debate students, and, and I, we all, like, were like, this is crazy, this is awesome. And so, yeah, so when I watched the, those four parts, it was like, yeah, that was, I, I, I very, very uh, and you, you viscerally did, remember that. She judged your debates when you were in high school? Yeah, yeah, like okay. a couple years before that yeah. is wow, like because I was in. Crazy. I debated. I debated from like uh, eighty one to eighty four. Yeah, and I was a na- I was a national. I mean, I was a national champion. Sure. Um, yeah. With my partner, so she was. I mean, she was definitely somebody that I had spoken to, and had debated for, and she had judged, and I, you know that kind of thing. So that was weird and really awful. And then watching this made me realize, wow. That's fucked up. I was totally there. fucked up. I mean, yeah, I, I, was I, really I remember. There. I was I was a sophomore in first grade when it happened, and uh, <sighs> it would like I I remember it this like I what I loved about the the first episode like it opens with a teacher like rolling in the TV on the cart you know that's exactly what happened to everybody yeah yeah I was like yep because I remember watching it in the library of Heather Hill Elementary School on a TV in a cart and when it happened. I don't like this is where like memory gets weird because I don't know if I knew what happened at the time but I remember looking back and I remember thinking like oh this shit is fucked up because I remember the teachers like the adults you know their reaction to things yeah. and it like it quickly ended like you know we saw it happen and the TV went off and everybody yeah. just kind of like quietly and quickly went back to their classrooms and yeah. then and then like that like the day ended you know like that was it yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure we talked about it or something. I, I don't. I don't remember anything past like the emotional of something. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's so that's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Yeah, and it's okay. um, it's a quick. It's it's, it's, it's really good. It's really yeah, good. It's, it's, it's done by a, a JJ Abrams. Uh, he's yeah. a producer on it. You know, Bad Robot is one of the producers. So, on it, so, so yeah. another Netflix. My first thing in that same keeping. It's funny that it is it is fiction. It's a new series. It stars Hilary Swank. It is called Away. Mm-hmm. It is it is basically and talk about space. You know, this is basically she plays the American commander of a ship that is going to the first manned mission to Mars, and it is quite good. It's I mean you know it's it's got really good actors in it, and the writing is very good, and um, I like it very much. So I recommend Away. It's on Netflix. Hillary Swank, rock and roll. Cool. Uh, my next thing is a listen. Go on Spotify and listen to Exquisite Corpse. This is an album that a buddy of mine sent to me, and it's like the the best of like midwestern punk emo, like making these weird. So- it's it's really good and it's really weird and it's like who put this together? It's like this. I, I Send it to me because I don't have Spotify. Okay, yeah, it's. Um, 
but yeah, it just it kind of blew my mind, and it was it was really good, and uh, yeah, exquisite corpse on Spotify. Give it a go. All right, my number two is a read. Um, as you know, I I love Mark Manson. Um, love him. I, I think You're not alone I think in that. And he just came out with one that I really, really think is very timely. And, it, and I read it, and it was confirming some stuff that I've been reading anyway, which is one of the reasons I like Mark Manson, because it seems like he's somewhere inside my head. And he's like, oh, Don's thinking about this. Let me write a piece that answers mm-hmm. all his questions. It's kind of cool that way. Um, it's called The Cognitive Biases That Make Us All Terrible People. Um, and it is a really good, it is a really solid, inter- it's entertaining because he's always very entertaining but very well-researched uh, look at how our biases make us terrible people. Yeah. It's really good. And you can find it at markmanson.net. Is that uh, uh, in front of the paywall or behind it? I, since I pay, you I don't pay, know. Yeah, okay. I, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a subscriber. So What is the su- subscription cost? Five for- bucks. Five bucks a month. Five dollars one month for five dollars? Yeah. yeah. Recurring? Yeah, it's at five dollars a month. Ay, fuck it. But it's worth it. I, tomorrow, I'm sorry, I read all this shit. Yeah, I've read no, stuff I, you're multiple right. times. I, I really love Mark, the guy. Mark Manson and uh, Matt Tabby. I think yeah, are yeah. like they're both worth, of them. Yeah, throwing a little yeah, money I, their well, way. Thing and, is I, yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing is I, I, I subscribe to Matt's uh, uh, Substack. So yes, yeah. yes, yeah. It's like yeah, I'm. These are writers that make me want to write like them. So I got to read them as often as yeah, possible. Yeah, I feel like like where Mark Manson for you is like, what's Don thinking about? When I see Mark Manson, it's like. What should David have written? They, see, I'm exactly. Write that, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's exactly. I love that shit. Uh, so my next thing is uh, I, a little gummy, but it, it was it was just Yom Kippur, and I'm not I'm a non-denominational recovering Jew, but Yom Kippur mm-hmm. and Rosh Hashanah, like these are like the things where I can't help but anchor myself in. Um, yeah. You know, it's a good way to reset to reset yourself, to reset your year. And Yom Kippur is a day of atonement where you ask God for forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, fine. Believe in God or not, I don't give a fuck. And you don't have to go and ask people for forgiveness. But here's the thing I'd like you to do. In the spirit of of the days of awe, which are the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So, no, and, is, and, is, it, is it the days of awe or the days of awe? Uh, fuck, man, that's a great question, and I think it's one for the rabbis. Okay, I just I just wonder what the or, tone was. Or one for yourself. I've always thought of them as the days of... God, that's a really good question, but I, I think that I've always thought of them as the days of... Holy fuck. Yeah. Ah. Because you're thinking about the year that was and the year that will be, which is a lot okay. to fucking think about. So it's, so it's the days of... It's some heavy ah. shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. That's good to know. Um, you know, and as we approach the election, like we're we're gearing up for a lot of hopefully new, <laughs> right? Uh, but I want you to think about how you can do better, and how you can be better. You know, in the next twelve months, a better citizen, a better friend, a better writer. Huh? A better... Um, an optimist. An optimist. A, a better realist. A better whatever you want to be. Unless it's a racist. Don't be a better racist. Be a worse no, racist. No, no, no. The thing about it is it'd be good. If you're going to be a racist, <laughs> be the best racist you can be. Um, which means be real obvious so we know who you are so that we can shine Fair you. enough. Sure. Um, 
so think about that, and then and then do it. Follow through on it. It's basically New Year's resolutions, but but I'm asking you to do it not from the New Year, New You, but a a deeper, more philosophical, uh, more introspective way. Um, so sort of a Jew thing. Sort of a Jew thing. <laughs> Yeah. Like the okay, one, like the one, like Jew thing that I still really connect with. Uh, yeah. Join me on that, if you will, this week. And I will. My third thing is a read Politico. I know you write for Politico. I don't know if you know Garrett Graff, but he wrote a piece. Fucked uh, his the mother. Other day. There you go. I knew you did. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a target uh, distressed wood thing. Fucked his mother. We're gonna put it on your child's. We're gonna put it on its on your child's <laughs> wall. I know. That's what I want to put. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fucked his mother. Fucked his mother. For Harry's um, 18, when, piece, when Harry goes away to college, I'm gonna get him distressed wood sign that says, "I fucked your mom." There you go. Love See, that's dad. Perfect. And that's love yeah, dad. It's going in his dorm room. Well, Garrett Graff, whose mother you had sexual relations with, um, he wrote a piece that's actually worth reading, and you need to read it soon. It is called The Children of 9-11 Are About to Vote. And it is a really, really good, thoughtful piece about what 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 these children, these people that came, that were born and were like toddlers at 9-11... Because I don't have a concept of what it's like to have grown up with just a shit show from the beginning to the end. Yeah. yeah. So they're about to vote. Let's. And so, it's a really good piece. So I was, I was going to ask you that if you could tease it out a little bit more, what defines children of 9-11? Like, not like, oh my God, 9-11 happened. I need to fuck. I'm now pregnant. No, you it's, know. B- no basic. No, no. Children of 9-11 are, are, are basically, it is now... This is the first election that people who were born either just shortly before 9-11, yeah, 2001, okay. or shortly after. But okay. really, okay. their entire life experience has been defined Taking by... Taking your belt off at the airport. The war, the war of... Te- yeah, the yeah. war on terror, yeah. and then George W. Bush's second time, and then, you know, Dick Cheney, and then all of this Obama and the, all the acrimony and that. And, it, I mean, their entire... Yeah. Life has been defined by the, what, what what you and I can say is kind of like ah, oh, it's the shitty half. <laughs> yeah. Their whole half, their whole half is shitty. So I mean, that's this been is a re- almost half my life. That's a really interesting, yeah. and that's like I said. So it's uh, yeah. it's in Politico. Okay. Garrett Graff, the children of nine eleven are about to vote. Very worth the read. Yeah, that sounds like I'm. That's my bedtime reading tonight. There you go. You're gonna like it. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, Chad, for those listeners Chad in Pad, Amsterdam, Bozham, for those, yeah, those listeners in Amsterdam, in thank you so much for uh, allowing us to elevate you to country status. And those of you that are Dutch that live in Denmark and fun things, thank you for being Dutch but still being in Denmark. And that's the show. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Ape Cast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>